Welcome to the Tune In and Level Up podcast. I am Glenda Hovenkamp, your host, and so happy you tuned in for a few minutes of leveling up together. I love having deep conversations on meaningful topics, some spiritual, some practical. Come as you are, tune in while walking, cooking dinner, driving, or just putting your feet up at the end of the day. Here's to both of us getting some takeaways that help in our leveling up journey. A few weeks ago, my daughter, Sarah Hovenkamp, asked me to be a guest on her podcast, The Inner Space Workshop. She asked me to pick a topic that I felt passionate about, and I selected recovery, 12-step recovery, the Al-Anon program. And so you'll hear me speak about it, but even more, you'll hear a heart-to-heart conversation between my daughter and I. And I believe that she was instrumental in influencing me to start my own podcast. It's not that she asked me to or even said aloud or encouraged me to. It is that I loved the feeling of that deep conversation and it seemed raw and real and meaningful. And I realized I would like to keep having meaningful conversations with other people on topics that mean something to them. So stay tuned and hope you enjoy. I am dying laughing here because I have recorded this over five times. I'm sitting here with my mom today, guys. How do you introduce your mom? Honestly, um, just want to say that you have the pleasure of getting to listen in on a conversation between me and my mother today. And this, so we are traveling together this week and visiting um, my sister. And this morning I let my mom know, I think it's time for you to be on one of my podcast episodes. I asked her the question I'm going to ask her right now is mom, what is one of your greatest strengths that you would like to pour into that you feel passionate about is present for you. And so Glenda, why don't you answer that? (laughs) Well, good morning. And I'm grateful to get to be here with you. And so I had to think really hard because I'm like anybody else. I start to think, you know, what's strong about me? What do I really have to contribute? And so what I did is I pulled from something that I think about every day and um, something that's become part of my life. And so I suggested to Sarah that maybe we have a conversation about recovery because um, just over seven years ago, I uh, found the Al-Anon program, a 12-step recovery program, which is for the family and friends of alcoholics. Um, And so it's a program that would be beneficial to anybody who has a loved one or a close friend or even a coworker that's impacting uh, your life um, with regard to any kind of addiction. But there are people in the program who maybe don't can't even uh, link to addiction in their family other than just maybe some dysfunction. Um, and of course, it's a 12-step program. But so that was the topic that I picked was 12-step recovery. So what have you learned through the recovery space and what does that look like for you? Can you somebody who may not know what that 
what that scene looks like, what it involves. Okay. You know what, before I describe that, I'm going to back up to why I would even land in a program like that. And the truth is that um, my father was um, an alcoholic. And honestly, it was not one of those typical situations where it would seem uh, logical for him to land in in AA, um, because he really wasn't drinking until I was almost in college, maybe high school and college. Um, but it just kind of got out of hand where he was drinking every day. He was already retirement age at that point and, um, are getting close. And, um, so honestly, it was almost over before it began. He found AA and then he, the last 15 years of his life, he was sober. Um, so I was exposed to 12 step recovery. Even then, sometimes I'd go with him to AA meetings And then my first exposure personally was in my 20s, I went to some Overeaters Anonymous programs um, or some meetings. And so it didn't really stick for me. And I even visited some Al-Anon meetings along the way, maybe in my 40s. Um, And just have had some loved ones that have been been touched by the disease of alcoholism. And um, so it wasn't until I was 60, I actually began attending and um, it actually stuck for me. So going into a meeting, I just really wanted some relief from some of the feelings I was having. Just it didn't quite, couldn't quite turn off some things that were going on, cycling through my head, thoughts that I couldn't turn off, some worry thoughts. And um, it was interfering with my sleep. I was having trouble concentrating. So I just didn't feel at my best and actually just kind of had a heartache about some of it. And so I went in to get some help. Um, And I actually dug in, found a sponsor and uh, went to begin going to several meetings a week. And so that there's been some ebb and flow to that. I don't always go to as many meetings every week, but most weeks I go to one or two meetings a week and I still have worked with a sponsor and I have actually sponsored some people. I don't know if that answered your question. Yes. And, you know, I, I haven't really spoken about this on this podcast um, yet. And it's become very present, whether, you know, this is the moment, whether I divulge or not and very relative to the topic. So Glenda stated that when she was 60, she returned to the program to help, you know, quell these fears and and really get her mindset back to peace. And um, in that hit at a time that was due to my, well, I, I don't know if it was purely because of me, but um, well, about seven years or eight years ago from today, I um, began experiencing alcoholism. Um, and it came at a time when I felt like everything in my world was kind of falling apart and alcohol certainly didn't help, but in the moment it was what I was grasping for and it was not pretty (laughs) at all. And I hate to hear my mom say, you know, how it affected her. It's awful feeling to know that somebody else was suffering along with you. Um, but 
I love the fact that we're able to sit here today and have this conversation and be so open. And um, I felt like I needed to put that out there just because you never know who's listening and who this might benefit. And that's always been my dream is that something about this experience for me and um, addiction would eventually be able to help somebody else. And so I'd like to know a little more about um, how, okay. You were talking about how you had this like unrest. You like felt your heart was just not aligned. You know, like you weren't able to sleep at night during those times anyways. So that's what you sought out recovery space for. So from thinking about that moment into where you are today, how did you, I mean, do you still experience that? Is it, do you feel like you, you gained the tools in the recovery space um, to be able to, you know, work through that? Wow, Sarah, you know what, whenever you get, you get into a conversation and this is so typical between you and me, you never know where it's going to go. <laughs> we can go really deep, really fast. And so we could have had this whole conversation and Sarah could have not divulged anything personal about herself. So that took a lot of courage. Um, I just want, as a disclaimer, I, I want to say that my pain and discomfort over loved ones didn't begin with Sarah. She did not, she wasn't the cause of me needing to go to Al-Anon. I just, the pain didn't get great enough that I would pay attention to it to get help for it until I saw Sarah suffering and realized my own powerlessness that I just couldn't, I couldn't fix it for her. But I had experienced this throughout my lifetime because uh, alcoholism is a family disease, but I just had a high pain tolerance for it. (laughs) Uh, It was Sarah's suffering that was enough that got me in gear. So I'm super grateful for that. And really very quickly afterward, um, I began to realize, oh my gosh, I've needed this program for myself for my whole lifetime. And just then kind of transferred to a lot of gratitude that I would even find the program for myself. So I, I mean, I do not keep going because of Sarah. I keep going because of me. And to answer your question, Sarah, Absolutely. I've developed a tool belt full of tools. Um, I can't get things all to stay perfect all the time. Life keeps happening and I can be upset over something at work. I'm a teacher, so um, I can get all wrapped up in my work or what's going on with work, or it could be something in the family, or it could be what I'm saying is something totally unrelated to addiction or alcohol, but I can Once again, the symptoms can rise up again where I'm having trouble sleeping because I can't turn thoughts off. I get so wrapped up into feelings, I can't turn those off and it just kind of interferes with my life. That's kind of like codependence where I can't stay in my own head and in my own thoughts and I I kind of lose control of that. It sounds crazy. I, I I don't think I'm crazy, except I can have... I guess that's a little bit of insane thinking when I don't have complete control of it. But I think when I'm working a really good program and when I'm at my best, I have a lot of serenity and you kind of get addicted to that. That begins to feel like your norm 
And then pretty quickly, when you don't have that, those are like red flags that say, oh, I think I better get to a meeting or maybe I ought to call my sponsor uh, or maybe I need to do some journaling. Um, we have literature, we have slogans. There are just a lot of things that I can use that can help me work the, this spiritual program that I have. The steps are clearly spiritual in that they point you towards a higher power and you're not, you're not going it alone. Um, so it's a day, it's staying in a day at a time, kind of living a day at a time. And one little capsule is one of the tools, not trying to project too far into the, the future beyond this day and not uh, getting caught up in the past and what happened yesterday. Uh, that's, that's definitely part of the recovery process. Mm, wonderfully said. Um, I've seen so much growth in you and I know that's not all due to, um, to Al-Anon, but there is, it would be hard, hard to say to, that it hasn't affected you on a great level. What are some of the unexpected benefits or some things that surprised you about these last seven years in the recovery space at Al-Anon? Well, I think that it's been transformational in my relationship with you. Um, I can remember, I probably made you feel judged a lot of the time. I, I just, I it wasn't, that wasn't my intention. And I was, I would butt into your business and I would ask questions and that were none of my business. And you, you sensing my worry did not help you at all. Where you know, I felt like I was loving you, but in a lot of ways, I was probably hovering and it was not helpful. And of course, I had done that to many, many people. You were just my little, my, you were my classroom <laughs> at that point. <laughs> I got to learn on this situation. So what you taught me is get out of your way. How about thinking about what I need to work on within myself? And so that was the greatest surprise is that sometimes the very best gift I can give to anybody is working on me. So whenever I start to worry again or get, get concerned pretty quickly, I'll just think, okay, I uh, think I'm going to like look as far as my own nose here and get to work on some of my own, my own lessons that I need to be working on. And it's been a huge challenge just to really, when you're so focused on other people, that you lose sight of what you like to do, what you're interested in, what you want, and uh, what your opinions are, your own hobbies and interests. Uh, it's a little beyond late <laughs> to be getting to work on it, but that's kind of where I had to start. And I really have developed lots of interests of my own. I um, really enjoy my own company a lot more than I ever did before. But the very, very, very most special thing to me really has been the transformation in my relationship with you because you've become like one of my very dearest friends, not just my daughter, but someone I could talk to about anything. I think we are two women who trust each other and love each other. And there's a safe space between us uh, more than ever before, I think. Hmm, I so agree. hundred percent. Oh, my gosh. My heart is so full having this conversation. I love you so much. Um, okay. I would love, I've been, I felt the nudge to ask this question. Um, and I think we'll close with this is 
what encouragement do you have for a family member, a friend, a parent of um, somebody experiencing addiction uh, with uh, one of their close loved ones experiencing, experiencing addiction and they are feeling, you know, like they're not sure how to proceed. Mm-hmm. What's your encouragement for somebody in that position? <clears throat> well, you and I are living proof that we did not know the end of the story. Uh, we still don't know the end of the story, but the story's gotten a lot better for us. And honestly, it has felt miraculous to me. I was not expecting this would be how things would go or that just beginning to work a, a recovery program could have such far reaching effects. And it's affected me in so many ways, not, you know, over and above, along with my relationship with Sarah, it's affected all of my relationships. It's affected my outlook on life. Um, And so I think the thing is, it's kind of like opposite world. It is the it is doing the opposite of what your instincts have been telling you to do, which is to just take a breath, actually take a time out to work on yourself, your part in, in life and your perspective. And um, sometimes that's the very best gift we can give to our loved ones is to get healthier ourselves. And um, then that leaves room for others to actually take care of their own stuff. Without my interference, my loved ones have actually thrived. They're doing just fine without my input. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my goodness, this is how it really is supposed to work. And um, you know what? I had the most loving role model in my mother who was just such a strong woman and such a strong role model. But I she was so, so giving, but somehow I just, I missed the lesson if she was trying to teach it to um, maybe not be so controlling, not to, not to be so cautious and to try to keep my children from making a mistake that might be painful. I think just getting out of the way and letting my loved ones kind of experience their own consequences and come up with their own game plan has been the greatest gift I could have ever given to them. And it wound up being a great gift to myself too. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that we had this conversation today that you agreed to come on to the podcast. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm, I love you so much. And I thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> love you too. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Tune In and Level Up. Please come back. Until next time, let's make every day and every opportunity count.